Josh here, welcome back to part two of the series. As I mentioned yesterday, this next part is packed full of even more actionable takeaways. So please enjoy the show. If you have any comments or questions, don't forget to let us know, email in, comment below. We'd love to hear from you. Now over to the broadcast. Hey there, podcast fan. Are you ready to experience the amazing benefits of having an authority business and personal brand? If you are, it's time to say goodbye to unpredictable leads, uncertain sales, and chasing customers for less than spectacular profits. And say hello to masses of web traffic, tons of high-quality leads, predictable sales, and enough profits to grow the business and enjoy the lifestyle you desire. Welcome back to the Authority. Authority Marketing Podcast. Now, over to Josh Denning, the authority marketing guy himself, to lead the way. Is that what that's it's, called, copulation rate? Well, the, I was just going to go back to another story in that they, they were interviewing the founder of Slack, and he went, I have no idea how we ended up here. <laughs> he goes like, we're just along for the ride at this point. <laughs> Just because their their actual value that they're delivering to the market in itself went viral, is that what what he means by that? Yeah, although they, they they just sort of like you know they woke up one day and found that they had a billion dollar company and that people were signing up and and they're kind of going like we have no idea what we did. <laughs> yeah, wow, <laughs> you know, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? They've also engineered virality into their product. So when people think about viral, they typically think of like a Dollar Shave Club video that goes up and people end up sending it around. They get millions of hits and that millions of hits even applied to a crappy conversion rate results in a ton of revenue. But that's to me, that's not the most typical type of virality because like Mark said, it's hard to achieve and it's um, and it's unpredictable. I think where virality can become a little more predictable is when you engineer it into the product. So Slack obviously has a very robust invite system because the whole idea of Slack is to have your whole team there. So when one person signs you up to Slack, they're going to invite their 12-person, 14-person, 40-person, 400-person team, whatever, to join them. And that invitation system is just as viral as like a video that got a lot of interest. So where I sort of end up focusing a lot of my time at startup is how to build the virality into the product. The first way to do that is have a product worth talking about because sometimes if you just have a great product, you get it in front of your target audience, they're going to react and and refer it. But also finding out hooks and ways to incentivize um, the sharing of the product so it's actually built right into the platform and not a marketing layer that goes on top of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that's definitely, that's going to be way better than even probably most videos or things that might go viral because it, that's actually, it's it's going viral in a sense that it, but it's viral in terms of bringing signups back as opposed to just fluffy, like feel-good views or something. Well, certain platforms get better the more people that are on them and those are the ones that really have the potential to have viral built into them. If you're on a communication platform that relies on other people um, being on the platform for it to be useful, then you tend to invite more people. You invite the people you communicate with the most. And a good example of this is Skype. Early in the days when when the early adopters found Skype, Skype was pretty useless because their their friends weren't on it and they had a very robust, frictionless um, invitation system that allowed people to add it. So, you know, that's an example where virality is built right into the, you know, the, the kernel of the idea that led to Skype. Mm. 
Awesome. So look, before we kind of jump into some more strategies here and look at email and viral and AdWords and content marketing, definitely want to just touch on the book a little more and, and find out a little bit more about uh, Growth Hacker's Guide to the Galaxy. So kind of looking at the, the value proposition as being able to accelerate your business with you know over 100 proven growth hacks used by today's leading marketers and startups without really any coding being uh, necessary. So, um, I mean, yeah, do you guys want to just kind of jump in and, and just tell me, you know, a little bit about the book and uh, some of the chapters and, you know, what, what kind of people can expect? Sure. Um, I'll start and then pass it off to Mark. Um, so the, the, the original source book was modeled after the pirate met metrics AARRR model, which is a very typical marketing acquisition retention model for SaaS companies. And when we changed the focus to more startup and digital marketers, we decided to reorganize the book. And the way we did that is um, we used Sean Ellis's growth phase model. So there's three phases, product market fit at the beginning when you're trying to figure out if people care about your product, transitioning to growth when you're starting to do a whole bunch of acquisition experiments to determine which one's worth work, and then growth, which is ultimately where you're doubling down on what's worked already. So we've divided the, and we've curated the um, growth hacks over those three phases. So regardless of what phase of growth you're in, there's stuff for you. And we've also, what I think is going to make the book really unique is we've inter interspersed a number of case studies throughout the book um, that are the result of our interviewing um, the heads of marketing and the heads of growth and founders for some amazing companies and sharing their growth stories and lessons with the readers. So companies like Shopify and HubSpot and Drip, uh, Frank and Oak, um, Zenefits um, that just raised a ton of uh, capital, uh, just some of the, the fastest growth companies really in history. And we got their head marketers to sort of share their secret sauce with us. And that's what I, I'm really excited to uh, to get in front of readers. Awesome. What about yourself there, Mark? Yeah, I think the thing that I particularly am happy with this book is the case studies because typically there's so many times I pick up a book and it's it's got like good some good, you know, instructions and, and some things you can follow, but there's never really the case studies that sort of follow on from that. Um, so I'm really sort of really, really happy with what we've done is how we've gone out there and got the case studies from things like, you know, Shopify, Zenefits. I think we've also got the grid there. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, I think Canva is also a case study. Mm -hmm. We're um, working on that one. We're working on Canva. So, I mean, you've got some really – and HubSpot themselves is also a case study. Um, mm -hmm. So you've got some really awesome co companies out there, very big brands, very recognizable, and, you know, that started off the same as most other startups – and you know, scaled up. So I'm, I'm really happy that we're going to sit down there and actually go through what they did to sort of reach that scale of growth. Mm, fantastic. So, I mean, with those actual case studies, um, what what are they actually? So just maybe run, can, could you give me a little bit of detail on say the HubSpot case study, for example? Well, maybe instead of looking at one specifically, let me talk about a couple of the themes that have popped up because for really? me. For me, when I hear a lot of smart people saying the same thing, like my spider senses tingle and uh, I feel like there has to be something there. Um, one, of the, one of the simplest things that I kept hearing over and over again um, that really took me aback was just 
having a really clear value proposition, a five or six word value proposition, and just getting it in front of as many of your target market as possible. And that sounds really simple, but I'll tell you it's very rare amongst companies that I come in contact with. And a really good example of this is Frank and Oak. So Frank and Oak is a, a humongous um, they're, they're Canadian-based, but they're an international company, and you, you subscribe, and you pay $50 a month, and you fill out a profile, and they send, they send you men's clothing, like stylish men's clothing every month. So the value proposition they came up with was um, uh, premium threads for under $50. And when they got that message in front of people on Facebook groups and stuff that were into fashion and were fashionistas, they just responded. They were all curious about how to get premium threads for under $50. Another example um, is Drip, the marketing uh, automation company, and Rob, their founder, had a similar message. He said, once we started, once we nailed our value proposition and got it in front of the right people, it took off like a rocket ship. And their value proposition is lightweight marketing automation that does not suck. And that it sounds funny, but it, it just hit that market so hard. The lightweight piece was really relevant because everyone had experience um, working with the heavyweight guys and having difficulty executing what it is they needed. But they also had experience working with lightweight companies that sucked. So when they were able to get that message in front of the right target audience, um, things just took off. So that was like a huge aha moment for me. You know, define your, your value proposition, make sure it's important to the target market and just get it in front of them. Mm, it's interesting, like the whole concept of value proposition gets kind of hammered on a lot. You, you, it's, you know, it's always in marketing education and training. It's all the, you know, marketing experts talk about it, whether it's growth hackers or, you know, the old school Jay Abrahams and Dan Kennedys and, you know, all the other kind of experts in the world. Um, but you just, you don't realize until you hear it put that way you know how important it is to just really hone in on it and get it super short smart and crystal clear it's um that's a very well i think i think the reason is because there's customer focused value propositions and there's company focused value propositions a lot of companies work on the company focused value propositions that just say we are the worldwide leader in blah 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 and the ones that really resonate and get that rocket ship effect are the ones that are customer focused. So they so laser zoom in on, on the need that the customer has and express it clearly. And the customer just says, yes, I have that need. Let's talk. Um, so it's really easy to slap a value proposition together. It's really hard to come up with one that's A, clear and concise and B, born out of actual customer discussions and need. Mm. So what are some of the actual chapters in the book? Well, in terms of the chapters, the sections are the three that I mentioned, and inside of those sections are um, a number of different growth hacks that we sort of think about as like recipes inside a recipe book. So if you want to cook you know, some great steak dish, you go to that section and you follow the recipe, and we recommend um, basically every, every growth hack has an objective and something we're trying to accomplish, and a service provider that we recommend um, to use and, and, a, and a set of instructions that any non-technical marketer can find. And then we finish it with a pro tip. So sort of if you want to take that tactic to the next level, here's a way to do it. So, you know, for example, the product market fit section has about 20 growth hacks. When we get into the transition to growth, which is really where a lot of the experimentation happens, we have a lot more like 50 or 60. Then we have a section on growth, which is probably another 20. And we're going to have yep. a bonus, a bonus section on um, personal productivity. So just how to become a, a real productive entrepreneur. 
Um, so that's how it's going to be laid out with the 100 growth hacks and then um, the case studies will be sort of interspersed throughout it. So it's not like a long written book of prose that you have to sit down and study. It's more of like a, a recipe book for digital marketers. Yeah, I, I sort of really like that thing with what Jeff has mentioned. It's more like a recipe book. And like any recipe book, recipe book you don't sort of like, you know, read it from page one to 29. You come back sometimes and you go like, okay, I'm going to look at page 55 and now I'm going to look at page 75. Because um, that's where a recipe book works. Mm. Yeah, and, and, and maybe when you buy the book, you're in the startup phase and then you put it down and the next thing you know, you're in the transition to growth phase and all the stuff that you read through and, and, and thought was cool is now really, really relevant. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I find that with books all the time, like where the stage in your business where you read the book affects how useful the book is. So what we tried to do was really make this beneficial to people in, in, in many different types of business scenarios. Yeah, very cool indeed. Okay, we're just going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Thank you for listening to the Authority Marketing Podcast. I'm Josh Denning, and we'll see you on the other side. Hi guys, it's Josh Denning, the Authority Marketing Guy here. And real quick, I just wanted to remind you that we are bringing on two to three clients each month at the moment. That's all we have room for to build out your entire authority marketing campaign, which means creating your target personas, building out your entire content marketing and content advertising campaigns to actually amplify that content and make sure it gets out everywhere, setting up your remarketing, tweaking and tuning your offers, doing some conversion optimization and leveraging the five pillars we use to double our clients' businesses within six to 12 months. So if you think you might be the right fit for us and you'd like to explore working on your authority marketing campaign, please head over to authorityfactory.net forward slash inquire, fill out the application form. It's only real quick and we'd love to talk to you about your business and see if authority marketing is going to be the right fit for you. Thanks for listening. Now back to the broadcast. Welcome back. You're listening to the Authority Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening. And if you want to get your strategy session booked, I recommend you do that now. Head over to authorityfactory.net forward slash application. Now back to the show. Yeah, I really like that idea of the, the recipe book as well. So essentially the, the business owner or the digital marketer that's working on a particular client or the startup guy uh, or even people that are just really trying to learn and get themselves ready can actually go in, can find a few, some strategies, find a section they like that they think is going to work for their business or that they're just interested to, to, to trial and they can follow it, they can implement it and they can kind of track and see what happens and then you know, maybe get some great results from that and then they move on to the next recipe. Yeah, or they read between the lines. You know, they don't follow it exactly, but it gives them a brilliant idea or something between this growth hack and that growth hack led them to have this idea to do a third thing, which is almost a product of the two. So it's not super, super linear like a recipe is where if you want to make, you know, coco van for dinner, you just cook coco van. Like there's, it's more um, nuanced than that, but that is definitely sort of the uh, learning environment we're trying to create. We really want to take... Um, marketers and make them feel more confident and empowered because once you feel empowered and confident you're willing to try more things once you're willing to try more things you get more data and results and then it, it's a, um, a positive cycle from there so um just to, to segue back into to a couple of more tactics so mark we were talking earlier before the show and you were mentioning that uh 
one of your favorite strategies that you'll quite often use is really, really, really good quality uh, content marketing that's just very well planned, often quite you know extremely long form and, and just very high quality. Yep. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's, I'll just go through with you like what I was doing with one startup yesterday and they were like wanting to produce like 20 blog posts over a month and I said, why? And they're like, they looked at me and I said, wouldn't it be better if we just wrote one really, really, really good blog post? Something that we cover off really in depth and that during the course of that blog post, we're going to have templates that the person that is reading it can download and actually action. Um, to me, that's something that you can produce and get a better result than producing 20 blog posts that are like maybe between 500 to, to 1,000 words and just not getting any traction on any of them because I feel that in that case you just spread yourself too thin. And it's, it's actually it's, it's interesting because I remember having this, I'm going to say discussion, but it was actually more of an argument with a – marketer in the US who I was talking to at the time and she was criticizing me for, for writing long form content and she said that's not what people want to read, they don't have time for it. Um, people, you know, you should be only writing 200 to 300 words for blog posts and that's it. And one of the things I sort of, I sort of came back with is I said if, if you don't think people don't have time for it then you're wrong because generally my experience is if you, can, if you produce long form content it's some of the best performing content out there on the internet. If you go and look at like what articles rank typically in the search engine results pages, most of them are 2,000 to 5,000 words plus. Um, I think what we, you've got there is a problem that a lot of marketers project their, their being time poor onto other people. And mm. you've also got a, a situation there of they say they don't have time for it, but the reality is they actually do. It's just they choose not to. Um, so what I was going – anyway, going back to the startup, what I was just saying to them along the lines was let's sit down. And we sit, well, As we were going through this two-hour session, we were actually working out what is the persona that you want to write for? You know, where do they, what kind of style do they talk in? Um, what are the pain points that we're addressing in this blog article? How are we solving those pain points in this article? We also covered off the, you know, the typical you know, how, where, what, why questions at the very start of the article. So we're breaking down all the sections um, before we started moving into some of the more in-depth stuff of like, you know, how to action it, you know, what templates can we create around it. Um, and by the end of it, the the startup had a very clear um, skeleton of that blog post. And their job was now to go away and actually flesh that out. Um, and then come back to me and they're going to go through a process where we're reviewing it and tweaking it until we can publish it. Um, and then we've already worked out during that session, like these are the influences that we can approach on this blog article because, you know, we're actually covering off a lot of the things that they've raised in their own blog posts. Um, it's the sort of stuff that you can actually very comfortably go out there and promote on social media and, you know, go to sites like, you know, Bliss Sugar and actually put that up and actually have people go like, wow, this is actually a really awesome article. I think the big thing for me is like, you know, if someone reads this article, would they share it to something like Hacker News or would they share it to Reddit or would they share it to out with their friends? And it's more likely, in my opinion, that people will share that content if it's long form and it's very well written and it's almost epic in nature. I don't typically, in my own experience, share out short form content. Um, it's very, very, very rare that I actually share anything like that. 
So I think that that's the thing for me is that if you're going to produce content, it needs to be something that's much more long form. If you're going to, if you want people to share it. Mm. It seems that all the all the data um, out there. I was looking at some stuff on Neil Patel's site, uh, Quick Sprout, about long form content and some of the stuff that Content Marketing Institute have put out, and, and looking at the stuff on uh, Buzz Sumo with what what gets the highest number of shares. And, and yeah, it's, it's definitely without question, it's the it kind of it kicks off at about that that two thousand words. There seems to be a big jump, and then. And you go up to three, there's another jump, and then you get these huge, as you were saying, like epic pieces, which can sometimes get, you know, 26, 36,000 shares. And it's, it's when you start to, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people think that they want, they think because they're going for the 20 short form articles that that's going to get them lots and lots of keywords for the search engines to chew up. But what they don't realize now that the, the, the search engines have actually gotten when it comes to that side of it, um, as opposed to ranking for big keywords, the search engines have gotten much smarter at actually finding a piece that's gained traction, like big traction socially and is getting shared all over the place and is much longer form and is got commented on a lot and is clearly an authoritative piece um and they're the the pieces that are going to get you you know that consistently 100 200 300 even i've seen some pieces getting 600 and more visits you know every single day for the long term um which is just you know amazing do you think it's possible to like produce a piece that gets 100 plus visits a day like every month if you put the the effort into just doing it one epic piece each month oh, i've done it three times now um you know it, it's very it's completely repeatable um like to give you an example like that growth hacking source book of ours gets between anywhere between 300 to 600 visits a day now um i've got another piece of content out there that would probably range between 10,000 to 15,000 visits a month. Um, and that was, that was a piece of content that we developed for a client. And the thing is now, it just sits out there and just consistently brings in traffic. And it's consistently bringing in people that are interested in potentially their product. Yeah, that's amazing. Can, can we link to that piece as well? Is that... Um, I'll have to check with the client, but yeah, it should be fine. Sure. So, um, and I mean that you definitely brought up something that I'd be very keen to, to find out a little bit on. Do you find that these big pieces that are getting the, these very large amounts of traffic, what kind of um, actual you know user acquisition do they create or client acquisition for that matter? Do, do they have a good kind of client acquisition on them as well? Or? Um, I think it comes down to what are your calls to action at the end of the actual piece of content? Um, you know, do you have some sort of like you know, pop up that sort of triggers or do you have like a, a CTA box at the bottom that says, hey, you know, sign up for our 30 day free trial? Um, I think that, that that's the thing that I, uh, that I normally ask, because if you do have a call to action then you, you are likely to get a, a reasonable chance of someone signing up for your product or your trial, or, or at least getting in contact with you. Um, I think from memory, with one piece of content that we developed, that we had over 200 signups for the actual SaaS product. From that, just one that one blog piece. Um, I don't know what the sort of the more long-term signup implications were, um, but I know that that's good enough for me, is that basically we've had over 200 signups for that particular product. So I think that was around about off the top of my head, maybe $15,000 and, and come to that company for that, for that month alone. 
Um, and take into account it's a recurring revenue, so that means they would have been getting 15 grand month after month after month after that period. Yeah, that's 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 phenomenal. Do you have any idea what um, how how many clients you've gotten from your um, source hacker? I can tell you that if I look at the annual revenue from the clients that we've actually picked up as a result of that source book, it's sitting somewhere at half a million dollars. Wow, that's that's a case study if I've ever heard one. <laughs> I think that's definitely that's a a good piece to um to kind of segue into you guys telling us um unless you've got more that you want to say on that, Mark. Um, did did you? Or? <laughs> And on, on that note, I leave. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a, I guess it's a good good point to segue into. Yeah, just letting everyone know definitely where they can get the book, where they can find out more about you guys, um, and uh, and then maybe some parting advice. Sure. Well, the the book is on Kickstarter right now, um, and we'd love if you come check out some of the uh, the packages we have on offer and, and order the book and get it before everyone else. Um, you could search the growth hackers guide for the galaxy to the galaxy on Kickstarter, or you can go to growthgalaxy.com and it will redirect you to the Kickstarter. Uh, me personally, I'd love to talk to some of your, your audience on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Jeff underscore Goldenberg. And um, I'd be happy to answer any of your audience's questions on Twitter. Fantastic. And, and Mark, yourself? Um, obviously, Jeff's already brought up that we're obviously in Kickstarter, um, so I'm not going to repeat that. Um, <laughs> uh, I was going to suggest that if people want to reach out to me on LinkedIn, I'd be quite happy to, uh, if, they've, if they've got any sort of questions and they want to talk to me. Um, and obviously, you know, they can just track me down on, on, as Mark Hayes, um, Chief Marketing Officer at Tiger Tiger, if they want to find me on LinkedIn. Yeah, awesome. And just definitely want to say for the, the listener, I think you've heard quite a bit there about, you know, how powerful growth hacking can be for a business um, from generating, you know, one piece of content generating up to 15000 a month uh, in recurring revenue to half a million dollars bought in from, you know, a piece of content to the kind of um, viral virality that can be built into SaaS platforms that result in the creation of billion dollar companies and you know just really amazing stuff so definitely a book that you, you're going to want to check out and soak in the the wisdom and the, the value that um that jeff and mark have put into it so I definitely recommend you go out and uh you know head over to kickstarter and support the guys and, and get yourself a copy of the the growth hackers guide to the galaxy i'm definitely uh going to be grabbing a copy for myself um and on that uh note guys thanks for coming on the show and, and sharing your expertise with uh with the audience it's it's been a pleasure to um to have you both thank you so much for the chance thank you for having us thanks for listening to the authority marketing podcast if you enjoyed this episode please leave us a review on itunes then head over to authorityfactory.net forward slash gift to instantly access the ultimate checklist and authority cheat sheet which takes you step by step through the seven authority activators to complete the transition to authority positioning and sensational profits get it at authorityfactory.net forward slash gift